The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Pop Insider. The Pop Insider has all the latest in news, merch reviews, and other geeky goodness. Whether you're a wizard, a Sith Lord, or a superhero, fuel your fandom at thepopinsider.com. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. You know how Finn never gets to tell Ray that one thing he wants to tell her? Or how Han Solo can give Leia a sarcastic quip but never really open up to her? Well, you don't have to be rebel scum or the captain of the Millennium Falcon to experience the kind of rich relationships and life that we all long for. I'm Mark Went, and I'm a men's wisdom coach. After people work with me, they have the confidence, emotional intelligence, and communication skills they need to be the heroes of their own story. To find out more, go to markwentcoaching.com, M-A-R-C-W-E-N-D-T coaching.com. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Join Weeby Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Want to know more? left in the geek revolution and welcome to another episode of weeby geeks it is the dashing duo derek and myself mike and hey derek i got some guests for us they're pretty cool cool i love a good guest well we got <laughs> two um that laugh you just heard is Even better. <laughs> that laugh you just heard was senior vice president of marketing at Playmate at Playmates Toys, Carl, and then also joining us is vice president of marketing at Playmates Toys. I can't remember the S. I'm, um, it's very important to get the S. <laughs> yeah, and, otherwise it's a whole different thing. Oh yeah. Well, and 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 the toys is important too. Um, but Playmates True. Toys. Uh, Vice President John, how's everyone doing? Doing great, fantastic. Well, we know. I, I, I'm going to get into a couple things before we get into the history of, of Playmates Toys, because um, I know when I spoke with Sarah and another John at Holiday of Play, I I think I blew their mind when I mentioned something from the past. But we'll <laughs> we'll get into that here in a bit. Um, Warner Brothers announced earlier this week that all its movies for 2021 are going to go to HBO Max and the theaters at whatever theaters are open at the time uh, on the same day, which means one of y'all's big licenses, Godzilla vs. Kong, is coming closer to being actually released in some format. Um, I think I mentioned at Holiday of Play that uh, what's out now could almost be considered like a sneak peek to the movie. 
and that there may be more stuff coming down the road. I really dig this line. Um, yeah. We got we got the six inch. We got the twelve inch or eleven inch. I'm sorry. That's the six fair. inch and the eleven inch. I really dig the six inch. I mean, I like the eleven inch, but um, I think those are um, Zoe and I, my daughter, were doing a toy drive um, for our podcast, Adventures and Geek, and I think the two eleven inch are going to go in that toy drive. Um, after I get done with right. the review, but I wanted to talk to you guys first before I did the review. That way, if if I need to make any adjustments to what I'm going to talk about, I can. But I love the six inch, and I love how they're the the battle damaged. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. we both got Kong. We both got um, Godzilla. I'm now looking for Skull Crusher. I, I'm in the stores <laughs> looking for Skull Crusher. I love the Skull Crawler. Crawler. Skull, skull Crawler. Crawler. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> He's a little yeah. more difficult to find. Yeah, he is a little more difficult yeah. to find. Crush, Crusher's a little more violent. <laughs> the, the skull crawl. Well, they were pretty violent in Kong Skull Island. Uh, very, very. I, but I actually sure. love what y'all did with the skull crawler as well. I'm like, I, I would love to get the trio. And I know the six inch, whatever comes with the next Godzilla film, whatever other creatures or kaiju come with in that. The six inches, the direction I think I'm going to want to go. I really love the six inch line. Great. So, say I love the six inch, but I'm definitely, I'm definitely in the bigger is better camp. So, <laughs> I definitely love the big ones. Great, especially for Godzilla and Kong. Yeah. Well, I'll let I'll let John talk to product. Uh, I will say we're thrilled that the movie is finally going to come out because we think this face off between. Godzilla and Kong is what they've always been building towards. Right. And Mm. I don't know if you guys knew, you know, we did Kong years ago, Playmates, uh, based on the Peter Jackson movie. Uh, Uh, That's right. Oh, yes. Yeah. And honestly, as painful as that movie was uh, to watch, (laughs) um, the product line did really fantastic on on a global basis. And so we were doubly excited when we had a shot to – you know, uh, create a line around both Godzilla and Kong. We knew there'd yeah. be an audience there. And, and listen, we don't care if it's theatrical or streaming as long as there's eyeballs. Right. And uh, so we actually love the news as long as they keep, you know, that that may release date. Um, and, and everything we've seen about this movie kind of blows your mind. So we, we think it's going to really uh, kind of take the whole franchise to another level. And, you know, listen, we don't we don't have the dinosaur franchise, uh, which we all know which one that is. But we love having the Kaiju franchise. Uh, that's awesome. Well, see, I didn't mind the Peter Jackson one because to me, Peter, his gave me a vibe of Kong meets Mighty Joe Young. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with, with the vibe and, and, and I kind of like that mashup a little bit um, it's it, just as toy guys you look at it and you say oh boy I gotta wait an hour before we get to to yeah. the action <laughs> you know it's 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 always yeah, a concern yeah. Yeah. Um, but listen <laughs> I, it it crossed over to some kids and there's always you know uh, monster kaiju you know fans out there and so 
Yeah. You know, I, I think that's what drove it originally. And, uh, and yeah, and, and this just combines two of your most popular monsters. So it's, it's pretty hard to go wrong, I think. Well, I, I love how they're taking, uh, the original Toho Studios films in order and re, cause, yeah, this is the third in the franchise. Right. Mm-hmm. Current. Well, it was the third in the franchise in the original Toho. Mm-hmm. And they're giving an up. They're not to me. I don't see them as complete remakes. It's a revisualization with keeping the stories alive with the modern technology that we have now. And I think that's the biggie. What you just said is that you know the, the modern tech can bring these guys to life uh, uh, like they could never before. And so yeah. it's yeah, it's impressive stuff. And even this newer stuff. Uh, you know, John and I are always, you know, just, just sweat, not sweating it. We're, we're just so excited when we see it. Uh, some of the even preliminary footage. So yeah, it's, so it's, it's coming together beautifully. <laughs> so, so tell us a, a, a little bit about how you came up with the pieces that you did for the initial toy line for a movie that was already supposed to be out. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, we've been working on this for, uh, you know, year and a half now, probably uh, a couple of years, even going back. And, um, you know, obviously we had the, you know, the, the mighty two Godzilla and Kong. We had a uh, sort of a, um, you know, like the skull crawler, other sort of uh, hollow earth, um, you know, kaiju that we could pull from. Um, and, uh, but one of the things is, you know, we knew it was going to be about battling um, and we knew that, it was a perfect uh, way to perfect line to bring that feature of sort of the battle damage uh, that, you know, on there, because obviously it's all about battling. And um, we also knew that we couldn't just come out with several different, um, you know, Godzilla's that all look the same. So we really wanted to kind of capture them in a little bit different colorization. Um, you know, there's two Godzilla's out there right now. They're a little bit different colorization. Um, and actually, you know, a while ago now when we met with the director, you know, and he was kind of, you know, really kind of excited about us going that direction because he said, you know, when I film something and I capture different these these kaiju in different lighting scenarios, they do bring out a little bit different look to them. Um, and plus, this really gives the collector a way to really collect different Godzillas and not just the same dark colored monster that they always have to collect. Um, right. And, you know, you'll see, uh, you know, we have the, the product that's out there now, uh, a couple different Godzillas, uh, Kong, uh, the Skull Crawler. Um, and as we get in closer to the movie, we'll be releasing kind of our Wave 2, and uh, there'll be a couple new versions of um, Godzilla and Kong, but there'll also be uh, some other monsters that uh, will be pretty cool, we think. so. Okay. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I like speaking on, on that, I like um... – like one thing, for example, with the two different Kongs, you have two totally different face sculpts. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is really, really yeah, and cool. that's obviously that's a little bit easier to do on Kong than it is uh, on Godzilla. But uh, even for right. Godzilla, you'll see, um, you know, one of them that we're working on now, you'll see that it really kind of takes on a really cool dramatic uh, expression and pose. So, mm. now mine are in the other room, which I'll, I'll go get here in a second. I know we got the Kong. Uh, we got the two giant um, figs, and then the basic. We got Kong with the battle axe, and I'm trying to remember, we got the Radio Tower one, right? Yeah, there's Radio Tower Godzilla, and there's uh, a Heat Ray Godzilla. That's sort of the Heat Ray breath accessory yeah. with the uh, yeah 
with the translucent spines. That's what I have. Yeah. It's the hero. I got I to double check to see which one I've got. But I, I love I'm, the translucent spines, yeah, too. Yeah. Um, wait, we do have a quick listener question. So uh, let me play that for you guys real quick. Thoughts? That was a good question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> little, yeah I think, little, uh, I, little aggressive, I, think, I thought. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you, yeah. you don't want us to make any more uh, Kongs. They want us to just go all in on Godzilla's. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think Godzilla's their favorite one. And I just noticed standing the two Godzillas next to each other, it kind of looks like um, Godzilla and baby Godzilla. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, good point. <laughs> Which is adorable. <laughs> well, John, I think you want to yeah, do but, is it Gazuki? Is Gazuki? That yeah. Yes, Gazuki. I yep. think that's what you wanted do you, to do next. Do you guys remember the old Hanna Barbera Godzilla cartoon? Yes. Oh, yes. yes. So it was Godzilla and it was Gazuki. Yeah. <laughs> I remember Godzilla and Gazuki. I used to love that cartoon. <laughs> We're hoping they re-release it. We'll see what happens over the next couple of months. Oh, uh, yeah. Hopefully they will. Now I like I like um what was kind of interesting is for pack I don't know if if it was just for packaging or what, but you had to separate Godzilla's tail to put him in the package. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Godzilla is more challenging, obviously. That yeah. long tail becomes more problematic when you're trying to keep everything in a uniform uh pro- uh package. But uh, you know, I think uh, we tried to pack it out as naturally as we could <laughs> uh, given the length of the tail and uh Keep every and keep everything. In the but same it's kind of it's kind of cool because it makes it makes for another joint. Yeah, right. that's true. Yep. Yeah, which is really cool. I have yep. the heat. I have the heat ray version as well. Okay, great, great. Yeah, that that one's probably my favorite. The heat ray Godzilla. Um, <laughs> just you know, a, a, the uh, translucent spines turned out really nice, and the, yeah, uh, yeah, they did. Great breath. So. Well, and I, lo- I love how right around the joint area too, uh, the airbrushing, the blue airbrushing continuing mm-hmm. on the right. spine is amazing. Mm. Yeah, yeah. We really and try John- to uh, we really try to you know get as much deco on all of these as we possibly can, and uh, you know still keep the price point at a very collectible level. Um, you know, there's not too many action figures out there now that you see for ten dollars or less, and you know, oh, yeah. Playmates is. Very proud that we're always able to keep our, our basic action figures at that at no more than that ten dollar price point. And I think that's, that's awesome. Some, I think that was something I brought up. We we're also big Star Wars fans. Um, I'm a big Marvel fan as well. And, you know, with the comics. Um, right. And of course, you know, Derek and I are on another show with with a third person uh, for Star Wars, and then I do a, a Star Wars show or a, a Marvel show, and then Derek has a comic book show as well. So we're we're into you know all the different collectibles, but I don't want to mention the opposing company. And we all know who they are. <laughs> but right now, six their six inch figures start at nineteen ninety nine, and depending yeah. on what it is, go up. Yeah. I'm like, this is killing me. You know. Yeah. Whereas ten ninety nine, I believe, is the the target price no, on I mean, these. The, the basic figures are nine ninety nine. Nine. Ten bucks for a six-inch yeah. figure that is just as detailed as these others. Yeah, I, yeah, I they're love not it. they're not cheap looking. They're really cool. They're really sweet looking. Oh, thank you. I I love it. As I'm I'm taking. My so I have a question package. for you guys. Do oh. you prefer six-inch, six and a half-inch figures, depending on whether they're movie or uh, classic Toho? 
do you prefer rotocast or do you prefer just the regular injection molding or do you even have a preference oh that's Ooh. a good question because we've asked ourselves this very question many times. Okay, well, mm. I'm going to ask the question because I really don't know. So before I can answer your question, I don't know I, what – I'm going to ask this question because I'm sure our listeners are probably asking the same thing. What is rotocasting? It's a certain type of molding process uh, where as the mold's rotating, the, the I guess the plastic material would go to the outside – inside however you want to look at it of the mold so it's hollow inside and you get that that softer durometer so you can actually you know squeeze the figure so when you get a a figure or a doll head you know or what they would do with normally with vinyl figures you get that certain softness or squeezability okay. that you don't get with let's say a typical action figure and we'll use our you know our ninja turtles as an example those are injection molded hard plastic out of a couple of different materials. Yeah, the head occasionally is soft and and rotocast, but you know, doll heads usually are rotocast because you can root the hair. Right. Um, and right. Uh, and some of the Godzilla, some of the uh, some of the collectibles are rotocast as well. Some collectors prefer that. Some don't care. Uh, I don't know, John. Your feeling? Yeah, I mean, m- much of the Japanese stuff. Uh, product that's out there japanese figures is all done roto vinyl Mm. it has that unique you know feel to it the godzilla versus kong product that you guys have in your hands that's injection mold it's a little bit harder plastic right um so you know it's obviously a little more playable right it's a little more durable um but uh some of the classic toho uh kaiju that we've done are done uh we've done them both ways but now we're starting to do more of them in the roto uh vinyl material and there's trade-offs to both. Um, uh, in particular, from a manufacturing standpoint, the rotocast is actually less expensive to tool up to cut steel, right. while the uh, uh, material cost for rotocast is more expensive. So they may lead to higher prices, but if it's a let's call it a short-run figure where you're not producing a lot. It, uh, it may be worthwhile because the tooling cost isn't as much. Mm-hmm. As a collect, well, for me, it really doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, I don't, I don't think- it's not going to be, you know, if I'm looking at a specific Godzilla, for instance, or a specific Kong, I I mean, if, he's, if one's more squishable than the other, um, squishy Kong, squishy Kong. Um, I, I am, I'm more concerned about the look mm. and, and, and is it a, a look that, that I'm wanting at the time? Yep. Uh, I, I'm the same way with, with some of the other figures I'm collecting, um, which like with the star Wars line, Every time it's like, oh, I'm going to collect just this. Well, then they put out so much. I'm like, yeah, I can't keep up. Let's go to this. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you're, you're mentioning turtles, um, which I would love to get into that as well. Um, for me, anything Michelangelo, I'm going to be all over. And I don't care mm-hmm. what he looks like from different variations. Um, hmm. which, which makes you, which makes you the party animal. Cause that's, uh, <laughs> it is like a Rorschach test. We have, this is what we ask in, in actually when we're interviewing potential employees is which turtle would you be? And, uh, 
And wow. we don't hire we don't hire the Michelangelos just to let you know. Oh, <laughs> I've always been partial to Raphael, so what does that say about me? You're angry, man. You got a lot of angst. <laughs> <laughs> but yet but yet my chances are my daughter's gonna get the job because she's a big Donatello fan because she loves the color purple. <laughs> I thought you were going to say she loves the sciences or she loves technology. She does. She loves sciences and technology, but her her reason for why she likes Donatello is he wears purple. It's that's legitimate, though. That that was her that was her uh, her reasoning back in the beginning. Now, and since then, she's learned that he's all into think, um, into the STEM stuff. But yep. I think I I kind of agree with Mike. I I think I'm fine either way. I don't have a preference between injection and rotocasting. Uh, I think it depends on the individual toy and how it looks and feels and plays. Mm -hmm. I I think you guys are in agreement. I mean, and it it makes sense. It's like, you know, how it's executed, how detailed it is in terms of the sculpting and the, the deco. And because uh, we had some real purists at the beginning really telling us it had to be rotocast. And I think, John, the latest input we got from some folks in the industry uh, that will remain nameless is that uh, it didn't matter. And yeah, yep. so but appreciate the input because, you know, we've, know. we've wrestled with that. That's it, yeah, a good I question. Think, I, I think it's something I've, good versions of both. Yeah. And that's something I haven't really thought about before mm. is it is it yeah i mean for me it's just been i mean you could have told me with the um heat ray godzilla that the main body is injection mold and then the tailpiece is rotocast right and i would have been okay with that too you know with mm-hmm. the mix um as i'm yeah, sitting I'd here trying to get the ball joint through the tail <laughs> there we go <laughs> once it's in it'll stay in uh yeah, I mean, um, you know, I think most of our product is is injection molded, but uh, you know, again, for certain things, and and again, you'll see it more and more in our Toho figures, where we're really trying to capture the full Japanese look and feel that we're going more mm-hmm. to the rotocast. So, I've seen some fun things done with rotocasting. Yeah, yeah, you know, and to John's earlier point, I mean. One of the things we can deliver as a, we'll call ourselves a mid-sized company with an incredibly low overhead, is that you know what we can deliver a lot of value for the dollar, and it, uh, mm-hmm. it's it's honestly it's one of the reasons why you know both John and I have come back to Playmates, uh, uh, you know, for me more than once because you know, a there's a passion for great product, and that comes from the owner on down, but also the way the company's structured. It's not like we're always fighting against budgets and and layers and layers of people, but especially the budget side that, oh, my God, I can only afford 10 paint ops. No, you know, because of the way we're structured, we can really deliver a hell of a lot for, as you guys were saying earlier, 10 bucks or less retail. Yes, that's, that's mm. great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and again, and, these these are are awesome. I mean, I love. And, and we can I love do the, the twenty dollar. You know, look at we we do the. You know, we'll call them the black series as well with turtles at twenty bucks. But you know, those are that is when you go overboard with our arti- you know, amount of articulation, amount of deco, size of the figure, right. accessories, all that. Um, and that's I don't want to say that's easy to do, but obviously when you can charge that much for it, it is easier. Um, it's being able to deliver something that is fairly close to that for 10 bucks. That's, that's, that's the challenge is that's the key. And, and I think that's probably what we do better than most. Yeah. And, and I think 
in in my opinion. I mean, I understand where the Black Series is more expensive, but there's there's no re there's no reason why the pricing can't come down. Right. Yeah. Well, Special. and you know what bothers me more, I think, is when they charge 10, 13 bucks for a three and three quarter inch figure, let's say, you know, something yeah. smaller. Yeah. That's where yeah. we, we just know, based on you know stuff we've been doing the last 20, 30 years, that uh, there's just no reason for it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and you can say with the $20 figures, well, you know what? That was always built for a limited run, whether that's true or not. I can rationalize it that way. But when you're doing some mass market figure that really should retail for let's say eight bucks and you're selling it for 12 bucks. Uh, and this isn't, you can call it collector all you want. The bottom line is it wasn't built made or decoed that way. Uh, There's just no excuse other than you're gouging. Right. Yeah. So, um, so we have again with the Godzilla versus Kong in the, in the six inch, um, or the basic figures. We got Godzilla with the heat ray, which we have gorgeous pieces. Uh, Kong with battle axe, which I'm working on getting him out. And I love how the, you guys capture the Skull Island look of Kong. Uh, you got the Skull yeah. Crawler. You got Godzilla with Radio Tower. Are there more, without spoiling anything, are there more coming in the basic figure line? Um, there will be more coming. Um, yes. I think I mentioned earl- earlier that there will there will be um, another version of Kong and Godzilla um, that we're coming out with. There's actually even another Kong that I think is slowly starting to get out now. Um, it's a Kong. It's a different facial expression Kong with a uh, a jet fighter accessory. Ooh! Um, oh, cool! That one's be- starting to come out now. Um, I think it might even be out in some of the stores. That'd be a but, great companion with the but, Radio Tower Zilla. Yeah, right. <laughs> and beyond be awesome. that, there still will be another Godzilla and Kong coming out, and then a couple other figures again that you'll you'll have to wait for until uh, they're ready to come out. So, uh-huh. but uh, yeah, and then you know the, we uh, we have our 11 inch um, as you guys have there, and uh, you know we're we're planning a couple other things that'll be out as well. Um, a couple different um, types of figures that'll be out at different scales and things like that. So, uh, and, and yeah. John, by the way, I think you can talk to it. I mean, if you know, it's it's <laughs> not exactly you know top secret yeah, I mean, in terms of the sure. larger ones and the sound yeah. ones. Sure. Yeah. So we have two. We have a, a seven-inch uh, deluxe uh, Kong and Godzilla that are coming out, and they'll have sounds. And oh, oh, when cool. you press the button, you'll hear the sounds, oh. and their mouths open up, and and whatnot. Oh, just awesome. You know, lots of articulation. Awesome. And then we also have some even larger 13 inch that have lights, sounds, movement. Godzilla oh. has a, a fire actually fires off a jet ray. They come a little micro human figures. So you can stomp all your kind of human figures and stuff. So, oh, that's cool. Um, that's a cool. Concept. Yeah, so, yeah, I think those particularly the 13 inch are really going to be uh, huge. Yeah. Th- those sound yeah, so. cool. But I, I'm gonna have to get those. I, I see Derek with with this. I know you're gonna be the the giant figure guy, and I'm the basic figure guy. Yeah. There will, there will my, definitely my be a lot more basic figures coming out too. So. Um, but you know, being an audio engineer in my real job, I can't wait for the the sounds. Uh-huh. Now, yeah. um, I guess I'm gonna ask the question. I I know we kind of I actually the Godzilla sound y'all are gonna be using. It's going to be more this one. Correct, yeah. More the, the movie Godzilla. 
Yeah. See, I yeah. have both the 2014 and the classic. I don't have the Godzilla sound from the Matthew Broderick. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm afraid to get. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that, that. That that what a shame that is. <laughs> we don't yeah, like Kong, to talk. And obviously, that. Kong will sound very much like Skull Island as well. The, so the the best thing about the Matthew Broderick Godzilla is they blew up Madison Square Garden. <laughs> and they and they used the Rangers locker room to do it. <laughs> now I have a question. So you guys said that you're you're glad the movie's finally coming out. Um, so with everything that's been going on this year, with uh, with movies being delayed and everything, is that has that had a big effect on how you market your stuff now, or? Well, are we talking specifically uh, Godzilla versus Kong? Yeah, we'll yeah, start we'll go with that yeah. one. Because that's, I mean, look at that. That one hits home directly because we were really gearing up for a 2020 release. Uh, mm. I think originally John Summer release. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and there was some excitement because 2020 was a relatively quiet year in terms of franchise movies that are merchandisable. And so, uh, you know, we have really an exciting program and, and, you know, and Walmart was, was on board in a big way. And then, you know, everything shifted to 21. So that was disappointing. Uh, the silver lining was, you know, Walmart just said, listen, uh, we still want to bring the product in. It's, it's, it may be COVID and it may be everything else, but you know, we, we need to sell product. And so it was a group decision that, okay, let's, let's go ahead and, and come out literally, I think eight months before the movie release. And it's, you know, so far proven to be uh, a good move. Uh, there was pent up demand for this, this face off of these two characters. And I think what you guys said early on, which is, you know, this may be phase one of product, but there's going to be a phase two as we get nearer to the movie. And so that really gives us kind right. of two bites at the apple versus the traditional one. So that part of it's proven to be kind of fortuitous for everybody. That's good. Um, so so in many ways, with the, the film being pushed back because of, as we call it, the virus that shall remain nameless, uh, <laughs> this, this ends up allowing you a chance to develop more product for, for a film that you may have only gotten the one shot at. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, and then beyond that, we'll, you know, we'll see, let's be honest, we'll see just, you know, how big is big in terms of the movie and how many times we, we go back to that and, and extend the line. But at the very least, we're going to have a robust, you know, classic Toho line uh, as a follow follow up to GVK, hopefully for years. Which I saw on the website, nice. and I love how you've got a lot of the the older um, Godzillas, like mm-hmm. the the classic that I, I played the sound effect for in the beginning. Uh, <laughs> we got the the Mega Godzilla, <laughs> which is so cool. And John, I think we have to give some, you know, give give a lot of credit to Toho, right? I mean, in terms yeah. of having them really direct us in terms of which Godzillas are either have either historically been the most popular okay. or maybe just have a lot of pinup demand because nobody has created product in so many years. Yeah, no, that's exactly oh, right. That's yeah. awesome. Toho's Toho's a really great partner and obviously, I mean, because they are they are Godzilla and in all in all things kaiju. Um, you know, they know um, how to kind of direct us to make sure we're hitting some of the the classics, but also the underserved 
uh, Godzillas and Kaiju um, that fans, they know fans will go crazy for. So, Yeah, very much so. And, and I'm looking at the, the basic figures on it. Uh, the 54 Godzilla is right there at my wheelhouse because that was also the one modeled for the Godzilla cartoon that I absolutely loved. <laughs> um, <laughs> the the Mecha Godzilla, and of course, Godzilla 1999 and 2004. <laughs> but I'm I'm assuming though. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, but I'm assuming though those were popular in Japan. That's why yep. Toho asked for those. Yeah, I mean that that's definitely part of it. And uh, you know, I think again, we're just trying to hit some of the the older versions, some of the newer versions. Um, and uh, some of the stuff that we're working on for uh, next year, I think uh, you guys would really like too. So, I don't say I don't know how much I can say of what we're doing yeah. yet, but it, <laughs> it'll be it'll be soon uh, that, that we'll that you guys will be hearing about it. So, oh, uh, exciting! And, you, and we you are guys looking, are... you know, more for the classic. You guys, we are looking. Uh, and I should really call it more the library, I guess, for the collectors, because uh, it's not just uh, Toho. But we are looking at uh, various versions of Godzilla and Kong over the years, whether it, it is, you know, original Kong uh, in the 30s, whether it is uh, the Peter Jackson version, which uh, we are planning to re-release at some point. I mean, there's, uh. we're, we're, we're trying to be kind of the one-stop shop for the entire kind of evolution or history of both Kong and Godzilla. And obviously that just means going out there and getting the rights, but we're, we're doing it, you know, little by little. See, I would, I would be all over the thirties. I'd be all over the, the Peter Jackson one as well. Even if you got the one that had uh, Jessica Lange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. The, the uh, De Laurentiis or whatever. Yeah. That, that Kong, uh, Kongs be one. I could go one of each stylization with no problem. Uh, and of course, you know, I've got one now. I have no problems getting the classic Skull Island Kong as, as well. Um, oh, Godzilla, man, there's going to be so much you could choose from, especially with the different oh, yeah. kaiju to go with it. Because right now yeah. you've got Destroya, you got King Ghidorah, um, and then you got love it. Gigon. Which Gigon was about the only saving grace out of 2004 for me. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, the classic figures. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, I, I'm absolutely. I don't see a Mothra, though. <laughs> <laughs> we, we haven't done talk- a Mothra yet. We haven't no. done a Mothra yet. <laughs> yes. So, I, I, so, so, you guys, you know, we haven't asked you the obvious question. Who wins in the battle between Godzilla and Kong? Well, what, what does your gut tell you? Um, I got to go with my man, Godzilla. He's my favorite. I'm, I'm going to pick him every time. I, I, I'm going to go different route. I'm going to say the loser is humanity. <laughs> no, no, that's way too PC. That's, that's, deep. that's really deep. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, as, as much as I love Kong, um, and I did love the, you know, and I watched Kong before I watched um, the Godzillas. I, I got to go Godzilla. I mean, it definitely, John, from what we've seen, it does, you know, and and I know they've mentioned this, they being legendary, but it does have that, a little bit of that prize fight feel to it, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I'm trying to remember who won in the original. 
I'm, I'm pretty sure so in the original, I... it, it was it was Godzilla in the original. I think know? it was, yeah. Yeah, but they had a good battle. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you guys are zapping out because I am every few seconds. Oh. Uh, no, we're, we're doing good. Okay, then it's just me. Um, <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Toho is not going to allow Godzilla uh, to lose in terms of the movies they produce, right? right? I mean, right. it's just not, right. not going right. to happen. Right. right. Um, and, John, we looked into that 60s version, right? And and there were some outstanding rights issues. Yeah, there's there still are some outstanding rights issues. I mean, we, we would love to do that set, you know, but, uh, you know, again – it's, a, it's Toho doesn't own even that version of, of Kong. So wow. we have to go back to the original rights holders and try to get that, make that happen. So. Well, and, and they had, they had to get the licensing to use that Kong. Correct. And, Correct. and, and there was a, I remember a little bit about, about the backstory behind it. it. It's something, I don't remember why I, I did the research on it, but I did. <laughs> it was so long ago and I don't remember. <laughs> Um, we used to know the story too and i I, john unless you remember um and and i don't know if they ever had the merchandising rights anyway it might have just been for the movie the movie Um, so you know but there there was like so much they can only do within the film as well right right Uh, i mean even though godzilla won kong I, i i think kong couldn't look weaker couldn't be made to look weaker because of it. You're right. or, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 was, it was it was something funky, you know, for the '60s. All um, right, you guys, but I, and I, I, you know, and I know we we love these things from our either youth or just you know nostalgia appeal. But that costume was horrendous. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, I always but, say that's part uh, of its yeah, appeal. I mean, though. you can't argue with that. <laughs> I, I, okay, I, I'll, I'll, I'll buy off on that, John. It, it is part of the appeal. <laughs> so uh, before we get any further into playmates and some of the other lines, um, I want to take a quick break. Uh, for our advertiser. So we'll be right back. Have you ever wanted to deeply connect with someone the way Vision does with Scarlet Witch? Or be the stand-up guy like Cyclops is for Jean Grey? Well, you don't have to be fused to an Infinity Stone or be the leader of a superhero team to have the kind of relationships in life we all long for. Mark Went is a men's wisdom coach. And after people work with him, they have the confidence, emotional intelligence, and communication skills they need to be the heroes of their own story. To find out more, go to markwentcoaching.com. That's M-A-R-C-W-E-N-D-T coaching.com. And we're back with John and Carl from Playmates Toys. Um, so we've talked about, we spent a good amount of time talking about Kong and guys, or the Godzilla and Kong line and the classic figures that are out. Um, let's talk a little bit about another couple new lines that are out. Uh, Spy Ninjas and Billy Eilish. 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 I can never get her name right. <laughs> <laughs> Just shows you how much of a fan I'm. <laughs> well, you're 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 probably not exactly the target demographic, so probably not. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. <laughs> um, so let's let's start with her stuff first before we get over to uh, spy ninjas. Spy ninjas, yeah. Well, there there is a, a little bit of common ground between the two, 
uh, and and boy, this is a stretch, but uh, from the playmates' perspective, and and you know what we like to to focus on and develop, you know, be, because we're a pretty lean group, you know, we're we're going to focus on maybe I don't know six or eight things, six or eight brands at any one time. So it's not like we are a Hasbro or Mattel that will bring in a hundred and then kind of you know figure out which ones we really want to drive. I mean, we've got six or eight at any one time and, and they've got to really, they've got to work. They've got to be, they're important to us. And, you know, look at, we all know the world's changed and, and, and I'm not just talking COVID and, and people, you know, staying home. Playmates bread and butter always was and always is entertainment driven properties. But most of that, if you look at our history, most of that came from the TV world. You know, we love that episodic content that would always be introducing new characters and new storylines and and always be front and center, you know, day to day or week to week versus the movie that kind of comes and goes. And, you know, obviously with cable slash linear TV uh, really taking a backseat to other forms of content, whether that is streaming or YouTube or you name it, uh, we had to diversify and we had to diversify pretty quickly. And so, we were looking for properties that would fit with us, meaning, you know, kind of fit with our core competency, which we think is is creating superior kind of character product, uh, using the best sculptors, not rushing things, you know, making sure we're, we're delivering, hopefully over-delivering on the product, especially for the price. Uh, but we were also looking at properties that had a built-in following. That wasn't something that we had to start at ground zero and figure out how to <laughs> – how to find millions of eyeballs. I mean, because it's become tougher and tougher. It's so fragmented. And so you obviously look at Billy and her millions and millions of followers. I think she has 66 million on Instagram. Wow. Uh, or you look at Spy Ninjas and they get 300 to 400 million views a month. And we looked at that and, oh. and look, it has to make, make sense for product, has to make sense for the retailer. Um, but we looked at that and we said, okay, you know what? We can put our stamp, uh, you know, our, our way of doing things on Billy in terms of a collector doll and or figure and Spy Ninjas, uh, which I'll, I'll give you a little bit of backstory when we get to that one, also fit perfectly with with what we do, uh, which in, in this case is role play driven. But so those really fit kind of where we wanted to be in 2020 and beyond. And really, we could have launched both of those in 21, uh, but we wanted to at least get them out for 2020 and uh, and and see what kind of upside there was. And and both have gotten off to a phenomenal start. I know uh, with Spy Ninjas, um, Zoe got and she's. She did one review video. Um, I'm having to redo it because she went on quite a few tangents. I was like, uh, we need to get back on track. Let's redo this. She got the Project Zorgo infiltration kit, um, which she loves because she loves the voice changer on it that, that came in that kit. Um, well, and, and I think and, what you'll like about this one in particular is, and maybe you already know this, you know there is a very strong connection with Turtles on this one. No, I did not. So the original agent who really discovered Turtles and Kevin and Peter and built that relationship is Mark Friedman. Um, and you'll see Mark in, you know, the toys that made us and, and, you know, Mark's right, right. Mm-hmm. great guy, very successful, not just with turtles, but other things, but he's brought us, he and his son, but you started with Mark and now he and his son, uh, have brought us opportunities for years and we've never pulled the trigger on anything beyond turtles. And they brought us spy ninjas, I don't know, a year ago. 
And uh, we said, you know what, guys, we're going to be working together again. This this really is the right thing at the right time. And we're looking in the space. We're looking at things that are YouTube driven. But this is so different. It has a narrative. These aren't just these aren't influencers. These are, you know, they've created content for for YouTube and it already has a built in fan base. And my God, there's a play pattern here that will work for us. And so, yeah, so we're working with the original Turtle agent for the first time, you know, in years and years and years. Well, I I know Zoe wants to get some of the cast members from Spy Ninjas on our podcast to interview. Oh, they'd they'd love it. They'd love uh, it. So I I think it'll be great, especially – Especially if she wears her her Zorgo mask when she when they first come on. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, Chad and V are the you know the husband and wife who created this, and Chad's dabbled in YouTube, and, and he'll tell you obviously much more than I will, but he's dabbled in YouTube uh, shows or, or concepts a number of times, but this this is the one that obviously really clicked and. Just great, you know, great guys with their cast of friends in Vegas. And, you know, they shoot five videos a week and uh, and just have a great time with it. And, and you know, it's it, it it's funny because, you know, we've discussed with them, hey, you know, maybe you can uh, up the production values. Maybe, maybe it can be a little slicker. And they said, you know, <laughs> we've done that in the past. And it's funny. Our viewership goes down yeah. when we start getting slicker <laughs> because it doesn't feel as authentic or as real. I go, well, that's that's very interesting. <laughs> yeah, that is. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you, it's watching Zoe do some of her review videos or me being with her in a couple of them have changed how I've approached how I do them, um, which really, um, really caught me off guard that, OK, I. Yeah, I've been teaching my daughter a lot of stuff, but she's turned around top me something with this <laughs> on, on how to approach. And, 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 and how old is she? She just turned 11. Oh, my God. So you, you've already got her media trained. I love it. Yeah. Well, she um, two years ago, uh, she's in fifth grade now. When she was in third grade, uh, she was part of the one and only time the school did a podcast club. And she was one of the the hosts on that. So interesting. Um, so she has some experience, and then during the the pandemic, she goes, "No, I think I want to do a show." I'm like, well, who do you want to do it with? Well, she wanted to do it with her best friend. Best friend was like, "Eh, yes, no," because uh, they were going to do a YouTube channel. And they came up with the name and everything. Didn't happen. Then she goes, "You know, I still want to do a show, but." Daddy, would you do it with me? I'm like, sure. You just let me know when you want to start, and we'll start. So I put everything in her lap. So and uh, we record episode eight this weekend. So I love it. Well, congratulations! Because, Thanks. You know, she's going to reach those teen years, and she's going to say, "Dad, I'll do it myself." Don't. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. It'll be, Daddy. Can you edit for me? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Bump me out of the show. Cool. No um, but one of the cool things, like I said, you know, with her, she, once we started getting stuff in to review, she goes, Daddy, I, you know, some of this, it's great that I'm getting it, but I have no use for it. Spy Ninjas is not the case because she loves playing spy and she loves that whole realm, especially tying in her Nerf guns or other type stuff and her superhero role play stuff. Um, and she's like, 
I want to do a toy drive. That way, you know, if we get something in and, and after I do the review, we could give it to kids who may need it for, who may want, you know, may not get something for the for the Christmas or, or the holidays. I'm like, well, perfect. that's sweet of her. Oh, that's really awesome. She yeah, has such true. a giving heart. Mm. So, um, so yeah. So this year is called the Toy Drive Adventures. And next year we are changing the name over to Adventures in Giving. And, and that's going to be our annual thing that we're going to do is toy drive. Well, you guys have to enlist us. Um, you know, I, I don't know if we, if we have any, I'm not even sure we have any spine in this product cause it is just vaporizing, but in uh. terms of just, you know, a toy drive, uh, for the local kids, we'd, we'd, you know, love to be involved. So just send one of us a, a message. Okay. I think I have your emails. If not, we'll get them after show. Perfect. Um, so we've done a little Billy, little, uh, spy ninjas. Um, let's touch on uh, some place that is very well known to me, and that's because I work there. Uh, Disney. Yep. And which 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 area of Disney would you like to discuss? Um, since I hear the song every single day because of the processional at Epcot, which is where I work. Let's start with Frozen, okay. because because mm. I can't let it go. <laughs> really, uh, really. <laughs> you see what I have to deal with all the time. <laughs> oh, I, I think I actually heard the audience groan, which is unusual. <laughs> um. So. So, you know, we have had – it's it's very interesting. Playmates has been around since 1966, and almost that entire time, we've had this on-and-off-again relationship with Disney uh, in different areas, which is why I asked, you know, which area do you want to focus on? Because we started off with – we had Disney Preschool, uh, and this was when Playmates was literally in its infancy. Uh, and that was probably – well, definitely the 70s, and I know it lasted yeah. until at least the early 80s. We did – um, uh, the afternoon, what was called the afternoon shows yep. originally, yep. With the original Darkwing Duck and Tailspin. Oh, um, oh yeah, yeah. Um, we did. I actually, uh, I actually had a Darkwing Darkwing Duck figure. Nice. Wish I still you know, had and they, them. And, and honestly, you know, again, as as a you know uh, whatever, as a marketing guy and a development guy, yeah. It did okay. I mean, you know, the the the, the shows were obviously very popular. The toys, well, they did okay. Um, and then, kind of similar to what we just did with Frozen, you know, in the late '90s, early 2000, yeah. we did um, some interactive animatronic uh, Disney dolls uh, with Cinderella and and some others. We did some. Uh, co-branding with our water babies, water-filled dolls with Disney characters. Um, We did fairies after that. Uh, We were the ones who created the toddler princess doll category. So we've, again, on and off, we've done things with Disney, and they saw what we were doing with some of our animatronic uh, smaller dolls, I won't call them small dolls, uh, delivering a ton of speech and movement and... uh, you know, for $20 or less. And they said, listen, this is something we'd love you to do for, with frozen. Uh, and if you could do genie as well from the live action movie. And so, uh, we did both of those and with, you know, the, the frozen having the added feature of the interactivity, uh, it had an IR infrared, uh, feature as well. So they could all sing together. Oh, cool. Uh, 
Yeah. And, and so they were, you know, uh, a little stylized because they were smaller. They were reasonably priced and they had that uh, that interactivity that was magical and they did fine. I mean, you know, there was so, so much frozen product out there and COVID was just oh, hitting. Yeah. So it did. Okay. Actually the surprising one of all the different kind of Disney animatronic characters we've done frozen did okay, but we, we did stitch as an exclusive for Walgreens and that is blown out. Oh, and I would have never, I mean, I, you know, I'm not, I won't pretend to be a Disney expert. I would have never guessed that. Mm. A Stitch is so far removed from when it came out. I mean, I know he's still popular in the parks. Um, mm. He's still one of my favorites. I, I've always loved Stitch. And uh, I, I think a lot of people agree with you. And I think it's just kind of been an underserved you know, yeah. character for Disney. Yeah. And so that, and so we're following it up with an, I can't say which one yet, but another kind of underserved character. And, and that actually may be the key to this whole segment for us, this, I'll call it the animatronic talking segment with the Disney characters is doing the quirkier, maybe kitschier characters that just don't get the massive attention that some of these others do like frozen. See, you, you're saying that the first one that immediately comes to mind is uh, Mushu from Milan. Also brought up, um, uh, although that I will say that's not the next one, although, yes, it is. Because was Mushu the one, you guys, that was not in the live action one? Yes. And yes. that was a disappointment to a lot of people, I believe. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Because they, with the live action, they took they they went more um, they went closer to the actual legend in Milan than what they did got with it. the animated feature. Right. So I assume they got rid of the more cartoonish elements. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. I I was a big fan of Creaky the Cricket as well in that film, and obviously he's not in the I don't believe he's in the movie as well. Got it. So yeah. So so these. You know, and, and the key, of course, is really, and, and, and I'll use Stitch as the example. Uh, yeah, a, a great price, but that only goes so far. It's it's about again the the being true to the character, the authenticity, slightly stylized because you need a slightly oversized head to get all the mechanism in there. But with Stitch, it's great because between the head movement, eye movement, and ear movement, it's it's really pretty mm. darn dramatic. And then, of course, you know, the talking. And so, yeah, it's it. And and again, if you would have asked me, is Walgreens the right headquarters for this? I, you know, probably wouldn't have been my first guess, but it's done extremely well. I've been surprised with some of the exclusive Walgreens has gotten. And yeah, well, how well it does. The previous buyer, the previous buyer, Steve, who was in that role for years, really saw Walgreens as a potential collector's headquarters. Uh, and, and, or collectibles as in lower price things. But I mean, he looked at it both ways and, and he was able to, to really garner a number of exclusives and, uh, and help launch some brands. And so he was really smart about it. And he was clearly, uh, you know, he, he was a pop culture guy. I mean, he really, you know, he knew what was going on in the marketplace. He was uh, surely a San Diego comic-con guy. And so he, you know, he knew what he wanted. He and he was the one who originally said, "You know, guys, I, I really want to do Stitch." Uh, and I was like, "Fine, mm. no problem." Very cool. Yeah, Walgreens has got. Um, I'm not sure who's doing the DC multiverse outside of the Riddler, who I haven't found. 
Walgreens got the only other DC multiverse character I want, only because I think you guys would appreciate this. The marketing with the or the way it's packaged, uh, I, I would assume part of that's a marketing deal is brilliant, and that's Bizarro. Right, and they put him in the pack package backwards, so he's staring. So he's facing. I, okay, I love, I love, love, love that. <laughs> and, and, and in the thing, he the head's cocked as if he's looking over, looking at you over his left shoulder. I'm like, that's great, that's brilliant, and that's one. <laughs> I'll buy it, and I'm going to leave it in the package because that's what sold it to me. Sure. Um, and and was he upside down or no? No. It, okay. I think that, that would have made it even better if he was upside down. <laughs> I mean, it is bizarro. It is bizarro. <laughs> um, yeah. Now, I didn't realize the show was still on the air. Ben 10. <laughs> yeah, Ben 10. Yeah. So they uh, Cartoon Network, um, they just finished their – well, they're finishing their fourth season, and uh, hmm. we've uh, been doing the toys since the first season, and Ben 10 has been a big hit for us. It's been uh, really great to work on. Um, the team at Cartoon Network, um, it's, it's changing a little bit now as it's sort of become more integrated into uh, Warner Brothers or Warner Media. Right. But, uh, you know, we were working with the old Cartoon Network crew in the beginning, and, um, and uh, you know, with Ben um, – Obviously, it's about all the aliens that Ben can turn into from a figural standpoint. But surprisingly, Ben himself, from day one until now, Ben is still one of our top sellers uh, mm. in terms of the figures. And then, um, you know, the other thing with Ben, obviously, is the Omatrix. So uh, our yeah. Omatrix role play uh, toys, um, that in, in with the with the figures is really, uh, you know, become the core of the line, really. And uh my my two favorite aliens he turns into is forearms and XLR eight, uh-huh. and, and, yep. and I and when I first saw or heard the name XLR eight when they turned it, I'm like, okay, being an audio guy, my cable most you know all the mic cables I use at work are XLR cables, so <laughs> to me that I just put that association. I, I never made that connection, but uh, but Ever. that's, that's awesome. <laughs> so I mean. It's what well, I do for a living. Definitely, yeah, forearms is definitely always at the top of the list when it comes to popularity. Uh, but it's forearms and heat blast are always at the top yeah. of the popularity list. But I, um, I, I'm looking at XLR8 now, and <laughs> I, I, I'm going to have to try and find this guy. <laughs> I, I like it. Oh, you don't have you don't have I, the figure yet? I don't have him, no. Okay. He's, send yeah, it, he's John. Come on. Don't be a What's cheap that? bastard. No, no, send, yeah. Send it, send just... it to him. Don't be a cheap bastard. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I will look in the office to see uh, what we have. We, we may have one in there. Um, I haven't seen them in a while, but uh, we have some product that I can dig through and uh, see if I can find one for you. <laughs> you guys don't have to do that, but it's much appreciated. No, sure. I love it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, and the other, the great thing with Cartoon Network, well, there's a couple of great things. One is they were really um, willing to work with us to keep the aliens refreshed in the series which of course allowed us to refresh them as toys. So right. you'll see different versions of the figures out there. There's different versions of heat blast and forearms and, and all the other aliens as well. And then every season or every other season, they'll also mix in some new aliens. Um, and uh, you know, so they, they've been great to work with and uh, even, and also from the marketing standpoint, um, they were doing a lot of stuff early on that all the studios are starting to do now in terms of, creating a lot of short form content and really kind of populating it out there on YouTube and everything right. really to help 
drive the brand and, you know, and, uh, and, and basically go, they, you know, they'd always say, we want to go where the kids are. And it wasn't just Cartoon Network. It was also in places like YouTube and, and yep. whatnot. So, All right. uh, so, yeah, Ben 10 has been uh, a lot of fun to work on. And, you know, we really look at Ben 10, you know, again, it maybe doesn't reach the levels of turtles or level of turtles, but we do look at that as an evergreen and that, you know, there's that that core fantasy of being able to turn into, you know, one of 10 aliens is is it it's listen, it's magical and nobody's been able to knock it off or copy it. And so there is that the essence of this property that I think is always going to have appeal. So, you know, mm. we'll be we're hopefully hopefully uh, we'll be in the Ben business for you know many years. Yeah. 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 Just don't so, tell me yeah. your favorite character is gray matter. That's all I ask. No, I, I just told you my, my two favorites. Oh, four, I know. Four I know. arms and XLR8. And, <laughs> you know, I, I put XLR8 above four arms just wow. because of the audio connection. <laughs> I use an XLR connect. You know, my microphones are my, my mic cables are XLR connector mic, mic cables. So. <laughs> John, we should just find out the other names of, of some of the cables. You know, maybe it's Monster, <laughs> yeah. and we'll just exactly. name, name New Alien. Well, there, there's NL4, NL8. <laughs> oh, here we go. You know, for audio. Um, <laughs> I can send you a list. <laughs> um, now, obviously, this next one, save the – they're all great licenses, but this one's definitely y'all's oldest active. That's Turtles. Mm. Yep. Yep. And, he, and you have and you have the guy on the podcast who who was the turtles from the beginning, Carl. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, but timing is everything. Let's 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 be honest. Uh, I started at Playmates <laughs> in late '86, so ah, perfect. That, that's when yeah, I got I, I, my first uh, Michelangelo. About '86, he was on my see on my the, the, the my start of desk. your par- partying ways. Obviously, yes, it was. <laughs> Look at it's and 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 I can say it without having to you know to say anything over the top. It's it's the it's the one line that you can look at and say if you can't have fun working on this one, and I'm talking as a toy person, shouldn't be in the business because mm. it's oh yeah. It, yeah, it just got so much going for it. And sure, look at success is one thing, so that's great. But they're great characters to yep. work with. We'll say. Uh, it, it, you can take it in almost any direction within reason, and it works, especially in the toy realm. Um, they have such a combination of elements that work and are relatable and are just flat out fun. So yeah, it's just it's a it's a great one. And no, does it work every time? No, you know the last time it didn't. Quite frankly, the 2018 show, and probably mm-hmm. because uh, everyone got away from the you know the essence of turtles. We tried to update it too much, and so. But most of the time it does, and you'll know when your you know when your kid gets older, or your kids get older, and that is there's certain things when they get older. My kids are older that you look at it and you say, God, you know, how do I allow them to play with that, or you know, or or <laughs> they say themselves, why would I play with that? And I'm telling you, nobody, whether it's the parent or the kid, says that about turtles. It's like no. the love is like enduring, and you know, and yeah. And y'all have gone through roughly six generations of turtles. You know, you, you had the original cartoons, which is what four or five. We're in the fifth generation now with uh, with Rise, or is this the fourth generation? Well, sorry, yeah, sorry. So I lost you for about ten uh, seconds. Um, original one uh, show launched in late '87. Right. Toys launched in '88. 
that went for a long time. I'll just leave it at that. Yep. And honestly, I, I, mm. I, I, in terms of the timeline, I always get screwed up. But, you know, then we had a Saban show at one point, yep. the live action one, which was abysmal. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. You know, they had the, the four kids show uh, that ended up on Cartoon Network. Yep. And that that did well. Uh, yep. They had the uh, the movie. I forget that studio that went out of business that did also Astro Boy. Um blanking out okay. but they had the cg movie yeah which did okay at the box office not huge toy line did great um rebooted it in 2012 uh that yep. was when viacom had acquired the property and that was the second most successful turtle yeah. version of turtles of all time huge um and then 2018 with rise of okay and then you could talk about the movie versions and uh, you know, beyond the original uh, Henson Golden Harvest uh, New Line Cinema version, which did very well. Yep. No product for the first movie. Products c- came out for the second movie. Um, uh, we talked about the CG movie and then uh, the uh, the Michael Bay movie, which, uh, you know, uh, the first one did extremely well, both in terms of movie and product. And the second movie, not as much, although we, you know, we still sold a lot of toys. But I think, you know, I think the freshness and shock value of those steroid looking turtles had worn off by the second movie. Yeah. Now we, I will say we have a connection with turtles and, um, or I do because Derek, I think it was before you came on the show. Uh, I have a connection with turtles that I could tie into to playmates in like a degrees of separation. Uh, we had as a guest Rob Paulson, of course, on the show, and it uh, was cool. um, when he was on the 2012 series mm-hmm. as uh, Raphael. We, no. And he was originally he, uh, he was, no, he was, he was originally, Donatello in the he was yeah, Donatello in yeah. the in the 2012, yeah. and because they wanted to put someone new in Raphael, and, but they still wanted him, and they wanted him as Donatello. Right. Yeah. And, and 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 I've only talked to him in passing. He seems like such a good guy. Oh, he's so um, awesome. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And and I mean, listen, this guy's had the, maybe the longest career as voice, you know, as a voice talent is, of anybody yeah. I know. And and yeah. look at you, you, you can't miss him, right? You know when it's him. And so yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and he really brings those characters to life. And I think that's what they did a great job of in 2012. I mean, those. Those were characters that were written well, casted well, and, and you know, guys you wanted to hang out with, and that is always the key. <laughs> yeah. um, and I, I think that was missing in 18. I mean, I, they weren't necessarily guys I wanted to hang out with, and, and you know, it's a fine line we know mm-hmm. between you know, being funny and being annoying. And, you yeah. know, maybe I mean, we crossed over the line in 18. I think I, um, I like the maybe, show. Yeah. It's, 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 I think it was the look of the characters that, um, I'm like, okay, this is different, unique that I, I had to get used to. Yep. No, I think you're right. And and it was hard, I think, for a lot of people to relate to. And I know why we all did it, you know, because we were looking for, you know, we were just coming off of, of, a, of a big, nice, long, successful run. But it was, you know, diminishing returns at that point. It was like, well, we have to really reinvent this and refresh right. it. And I think it was too much all at once, you know, between the look mm. And the, the the personalities, which also changed, and their roles, and the signature weapons, and you know, and you just it's like okay, you just changed everything too much. I, I think there was too much influence of the Michael Bay universe trying to 
since the kids have seen that, we need to put that on small screen with the cartoon, which I, I didn't I think know. they needed to. Well, and I, I can tell you what I think, or at least what was said, um, and it, it kind of tracks, is that when you looked at even the 2012 show, as we got further into, let's say, 13, 14, 15, the ratings were never that great. I mean, they were okay. Right. Beautiful show, CG, big budget. Yep. What shows rate, whether in those days, you know, whether it's Adventure Time or, you know, Loud House or whatever, it was this very stylized animation and, you know, a lot of angular lines, whatever. And everybody said the same thing, which is, well, you know, we need to show that people are going to watch and they're watching this more stylized thing. And and I think that was the big impetus behind this was trying to create a show that today's kid, you know, would would gravitate towards, except it wasn't necessarily the right fit for Turtles. Right. I mean, you know, when when Turtles Mm -hmm. go beyond that kind of chunky, chubby look with, you know, the we call the mutant mass, uh, once you start thinning them out and stretching them out, making them more angular, they don't no longer Turtles, really. Uh, and, and they're surely not as relatable. Um, so I, I, again, I think all those were issues. I think the decisions were, they were obviously wrong after the fact, but I understand why they were made. But, uh, you know, if anything, every time that happens, you chalk it up to a learning experience and, and, and you learn the golden rule, which is, listen, the essence of Turtles is it's a delicate balance of a lot of things, whether it's the humor, the action, et cetera. And once you start really skewing it dramatically one way or another, you're going to lose that, you know, what, what made it work in the first place. And, right. and that's the danger. So, you know, I think Ciro, the creative director of the 2012 version, did a hell of a job of kind of hearkening back to the original Turtles, but really making it feel fresh. And that's pretty right. bloody hard to do mm-hmm. you, you know derek as i'm looking on their website which is playmatestoys.com p-l-a-y-m-a-t-e-s-t-o-y-s.com i'm on the turtle section i may need to join the sewer squad <laughs> we thought that was I such think, a good um, idea i think one of the interesting things about the turtle line is that this in and and i think playmates really um really did great with it is there's so much you can really do with it um and there's been a lot of fun characters and a lot of fun things um one of my favorite things of course was the uh the turtles star trek crossover Um, (laughs) turtles batman crossover was great came a show Well, uh, yeah. And and of course, you know, we had the Trek line in those days, so it made it a little easier to get that one done. Uh, (laughs) Sure. Yeah. uh, But yeah. And and that one, uh, I, you know, was was really, let's be honest, was really a stretch, but it came out great. And um, yeah, the Ghostbusters (laughs) one and the WWE mashups. Oh, yeah. uh, Yeah. Turned out well, too, I thought. Yeah. Um, but, you know, a lot of that stuff, you guys, honestly, was done out of necessity because that original show, which really, you know, put the turtles on the map post comic book, uh, at least with that younger audience. I mean, it was out of necessity because the show wasn't necessarily introducing a lot of new characters or other stuff. Right. And so we had to start creating a bunch of that stuff. And whether it made it in the show or not, we just thought they were cool things. And, you know, whether it's the pizza thrower and, and stuff like that. And, yeah. and again, I, I, it's why we have so much fun on Turtles, because you can do some of that 
Well, you can't get away with it in other lines. Either either the studio won't allow you to do it or the fans are very uh, focused on things they see in the show. With Turtles, they were okay with Inspired By. Ah, you know, uh, a, a mutant ant, a mutant, you know, duck, whatever. Well, it's not in the show much, but I don't care. It's still cool to have an anthropomorphic duck. And <laughs> so it, 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 it really allowed us to stretch it every which way. So you, you brought up Star Trek. Um, that was the one property that I brought up at uh, Holiday of Play that I think I floored uh, that particular John. I'm like, y'all had the Star Trek property, especially for Next Generation. And he's like, yeah, we did. I'm like, okay, I remember because I I had a hood. I had a couple of the figures. I had a phaser. Or, yeah, I had the phaser pistol. I never got the phaser rifle. I don't know if we ever even made the rifle, did we? I thought I don't know. I thought it was. I can't, I can't remember, you know, uh, do you know why we did Star Trek? <laughs> no, other than this is great. This is, because this, is time cool. to hit, this is time to hit the history of, of playmates. Why, why Star Trek? Yes. Because, uh, and, and my boss who was brilliant, I mean, he, he picked up turtles and, or, and helped pick up turtles. Uh, uh, so, you know, let, let's make that clear, but really wanted to do the Adams family action figure line. And this was based on post, I think, movie one or two, and they had the animated series. And Paramount said, you want Adam's Family, you got to take Star Trek. (laughs) (laughs) So Adam's Family, you know, crashed and burned. And and Trek, we looked at it and said, okay, the only way this is going to work is if we can somehow elevate the level of, of sculpting so that there's a true what we call portrait likeness. And this is before digital scans of actors and stuff. And it's like, don't care how, how long it's going to take or how much it's going to cost. It has to look like the dude. Otherwise, don't bother. And 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 that was the key was we really captured the look. Uh, and, yeah, you know, Trek definitely. had Trek other than some of the Mego stuff really hadn't done that well in the toy slash collector right. area. Uh, and so we were fairly modest with the, the range of product at the beginning. And at the beginning, we couldn't sell it in, you know, we, we positioned it as, which is what it was and, and really still is, you know, a collector line and it's for an older fan, et cetera. That's who watches, you know, next gen and classic. And the retailer said, we, we don't, and, and this shows you how far it's come. We don't sell to collectors. Okay. We sell to kids. <laughs> we don't want to hear the C word. And so, so we made up, you know, some BS pitch about how kids love it. And, and of course, 90% of the sales were, you know, for people that were over the age of 10 and, uh, but you know, and, and they probably never, they probably didn't embrace the idea of a collector, uh, brand until maybe when McFarland finally hit in a big way, uh, originally, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it, it was an oddball that ended up being probably our second best-selling action figure line over the years next to turtles. Wow. Um, and, uh, yeah. And, you know, and, and we're looking at it again, we'll see what happens, but, um, you know, we're all big lovers of star Trek and, and, and listen, there were a couple things going for star Trek that I think is true about a lot of things that work. One is, you know, at that period of time, they had a massive show with next generation. I mean, it was huge in syndication, Yeah. you know, Obviously, there was the classic fan base, but make no mistake about it. Next Gen put that one on the map. And, and, I, and I, some of the I others. Still t- I still take Deep Space Nine over Next Gen. 
And it's the same oh, universe. That's, that's just that's just blasphemy. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, we won't that, get into that. that. that, yeah. that. I don't want to. There definitely is that camp, though. There definitely is that camp. Deep Space Nine over. Yep. And and and, well, listen, yeah, yeah. and, and then after Some Deep Space, you know, after <laughs> after Deep Space, it was you know kind of again that diminishing returns thing, um, you know. And I think the shows were were less and less successful uh, or or effective. Um, well, yeah, now, you know, with Trek, it's it's really the opposite strategy because, in the, you know, the old days, because of the way things worked, it was one show at a time, essentially, and maybe the occasional movie. And, you know, now they're going to have, I don't know, six shows. And and so yeah. it's it, it's interesting. But, you know, it's another one that is fun to work on in a different way. It is, uh, for the most part, an older demographic, but obviously incredibly loyal fans. And boy, do they notice every detail. And, and you know, of course, we say that about any collector product. Oh, they really get into the details. But no, when you don't paint off one of the chips <laughs> accidentally on, on a Star Trek figure and people go berserk, we, we, we <laughs> knew we had a very, you know, a hardcore loyal fan base. Yeah. Yeah. But yep. Yeah, I think I remember from that time period the the biggest one, and I'm not sure if it was when you guys did it or if it was the company who first started with the. Well, no, y'all had the next generation from the get go. Well, yeah, but but Galoob did next gen first, and it okay. was horrible that, execution, and it did nothing. It was Galoob uh, who messed up. Yeah, uh, and, and the scared data everybody figure. off, and then we came back, I don't know, say five years later, it might have been less, but and uh, and and it was interesting because we were lucky in one respect. Only one person took the brand, at least one major retailer, and it's because he was a trekker, and that was Toys R Us. And uh-huh. and you can't do this anymore. We, we had him walk into our showroom at Toy Fair. We had one little cheesy round pedestal with a and, – and we had just picked up the license. So we quickly did a static Picard figure, and all we focused on was the head, getting the head right. And this head – and it was – so it was a singular prototype, not even articulated yet, sitting on a pedestal, underlit. And he walked and he looked at it. He goes, if you can achieve that in production, you got something. And, and, and he was right on. And so that convinced us that there was something here, and he was the first one to take it. And you know it took off from there. But there were things now that sound trite that, you know, we took the actual wave files, you know, the sounds from the show for the phasers and everything else. Nobody had done that before yep. or hadn't done it for mass, you know, special molding process so we could not screw up the facial features. I mean, we individually numbered them. So, yeah, I mean, there were, we, we did try to make them really bright oh, and bold in terms of the packaging because we were hoping to get a kid crossover. But really, it never happened. And every time we tried to do something that was clearly more juvenile like a, a foam glider for the enterprise that basically flew like a rock um <laughs> yeah. it it was just atrocious and so yeah <laughs> so since, since we touched on one of the early properties let's let's i, I guess to, to kind of wrap up the show um let's get into how did playmates get started and and how and, and how did it get its name uh, I can't answer. I cannot answer how it got its name. It's a, it's a valid question. I just I don't know. Um, the Chan family, Thomas Chan and his father, founded the company in the mid '60s. Uh, they had come from mainland China to China uh, from, from mainland China to Hong Kong a number of years before. They started off with uh, factory and actually playmates was one of the largest manufacturers of Barbie dolls for years. Oh. And at some point, 
right before I joined, they decided, and they had, again, they had been doing some preschool toys, like with the Disney license and some generic preschool. They'd been doing some generic dolls uh, for years. And at some point, uh, they decided to get into the promotional side of the toy business, the TV advertised side with an uh, an animatronic doll called Cricket. And if you want to think of Cricket as basically the doll version of Teddy Ruxpin, it's probably a good way of looking at it. It had a custom tape deck in its belly. Huh. Way, way a ton. Uh, it was 100 bucks, and it was uh, – or close to 100 bucks, and it was a massive success. And so that convinced management that you know the promotional side of the toy business was the way to go. They eventually jettisoned the factories and um, did another animatronic doll that was not successful and said, you know what, um, we need to go into some lower price goods. Turtles came across their desk and the rest was history. Um, but the family still owns a majority of the stock. Wow. Uh, uh, the owner just, I mean, literally last year, earlier this year, stepped down from being the CEO, but he's still very, very involved. And, uh, uh, and his son is our president in LA and, and you know, they're great. They run it as a big kind of family run, you know, it has that vibe as being a family run business. Uh, and we are like one big family and look at, it's a reason that John Stelzner's back for his second tour of duty and I'm back for my third tour of duty and, and it, it works for us. And, you know, sometimes we're more of a boy's toy company. Occasionally we're more of a girl's comp, you know, toy company and, Every so often we've we've dabbled in electronics and and video games, um, but you know we're always focused on those six or eight things that we think uh, will work. And uh, and with knowing that the backbone, especially since '88, is always you know TMNT. Well, they gotta be doing something right if they keep bringing you guys back. You guys leave and you keep coming back. So, <laughs> well, we <laughs> just sit outside right. the door until they let us in, and it, it works. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome uh so john yeah, what so what was your first big thing um once you were hired the first time um oh gosh let's see um i think the first well the first big thing um that we actually had good success with was the simpsons line um, I worked on yeah. on that. You know, Simpsons is another one of those where you can go so deep into yeah. the characters. And we had mm-hmm. um, we had uh, created well, we didn't create the technology, but we kind of implemented the technology where these figures and these playsets would interact depending on which figure you had and which playset you were putting it on. It would say different oh, things. Oh yeah, um, I and that. I think it was um, previous to us having the Simpsons license. I believe it was Mattel. And they just they yep. came out with some figures. They didn't particularly look that great, and there was no no sounds whatsoever. And we knew that the magic of the Simpsons obviously is all the fun phrases and things that they say. Um, you know, depending on where they are, whether it's Homer in the uh, at home or in the nuclear power plant or or, what, or whatnot. So, don't um, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, we would know, have we, never, you guys, we would have never done Simpsons if we hadn't done Star Trek successfully because. We were in the Fox mm. offices looking at that one poster of Simpsons that shows all the characters. Wow. And and we all kind of looked at each other and said, well, isn't this like Star Trek in terms of unsuccessful in the toy area, but still with a massive following, tremendously loyal fan base, and a very successful TV show? Why, why can't this work? And 
and it, it it never reached maybe the heights of turtles or turtles well yeah of turtles or of truck but we had a good solid stable business for years and years with simpsons and and john it's another one i hate to be repeated but it was just a fun one to work on right that was a lot a lot of fun yeah a lot of fun we got to meet a lot of the voice talent and everything i mean it was it was great Oh, Homer had this to say about uh, his figure. Some people say I look like Dan Aykroyd. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I mean, that so that was one of the original or one of the first big ones that I worked on. Of course, I worked on a lot of uh, (laughs) stinkers as well, I guess, you know, whether it was uh, uh, Chicken Run or... uh, I actually worked on some Turok product. I don't know if you know Turok was a yeah. it was a oh, video game and a yeah. comic and a comic yeah. book. So yep. I worked on some of those as well. But yep. um, Simpsons was definitely one of the fun ones to work on. Um, I think everybody in the company at one point or another has had the opportunity to work on Turtles in various uh, for various things. Um, so I worked on that. I worked on um, uh, Tomb Raider was another big one that I worked on uh, back in the day, oh, wow. uh, both for the. Uh, for the video game and the uh, and the movie that they did with uh, Angelina Jolie, so we did the product for that. Mm, very um, mo- very very modest looking product, John. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. It's definitely a, a, a fan's favorite, a boy fan in particular. Um, and uh, yeah, and then more recently, you know, working on uh, obviously Godzilla um, and King Kong and. Um, uh, also ben worked on Ben Ten, so uh, yeah, so uh, and John yeah. helped, and John helped translate Turtles into a preschool property that did right. really well. Oh, that's cool. true. Yeah, so uh, oh. yeah, we worked on that, developing that into what we ended up calling it the Half Shell Heroes. Uh, oh, that's and, cool. That uh, was a turtle preschool line, and it did it did very very well. Yeah, that's cool. Well. Again, the, we we always, you guys we always say the wall of shame is much much bigger than the wall of fame. <laughs> that that is true. <laughs> but you know the the wall of shame could be just as much fun. <laughs> oh, yes, way 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 after the fact. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I'm looking at this. You know, we we talked about a time limit before show. We have almost doubled that time limit, guys. Um, yeah, I'm done. You guys. Oh wow. I, it's been fun. I'm going to speak for Derek on this one because I think he's going to agree. We had a blast having you guys on, and oh yeah, please yeah, come back again uh, when you know, anytime. Y'all are welcome back anytime. We love to continue uh, delving into to this. Um, and hey, if any of the designers want to come on, we're more than happy to have them on too because we'd love to know that side of things as well. Um, oh, John! I, John! I, John! I think we have to have Ray on. I think oh. we really have to have Ray on. Yeah. Um, uh, Ray's our head of design. And uh, if you thought we talked long, you'll be on. You're, you'll be doing a three-hour <laughs> podcast. So. Yeah. In fact, you guys could probably go to bed, leave on the recorder. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, <laughs> um, but the um, also the sculptors who were yeah. partners and. And are, and are still buddies and, and we still use them. And so this, we started using them in the eighties, but they did track turtle. I mean, they did most of them, not a hundred percent, but you know, maybe 50% or more. Uh, They're both pretty talkative. And so they would be great great to talk to because they are as close to these properties, maybe not as much as we are, but, but pretty near. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) And and I think I mentioned to Sarah too, uh, since holiday of play, um, 
I think it would be cool to do something like this with, you know, Hasbro's got that Fan First Friday program that they do. Yeah. Love, love to create something like that with you guys as well uh, on y'all's site or on y'all's YouTube channel or something where we can mm-hmm. help get this out there. You know there. what? Let's, I mean, you know what? Let's, awesome. let's talk about that, you guys, because um, this is fun. And, you know, and, and you know, once every so often we'd, we'd surely be up for it. And, you know, and, and it, you know, again, maybe sometimes it's John and I, but there's plenty of people uh, yeah. who you guys can enlist oh, yeah. and, you know, not only Playmates people again. And, and I mean, there was quite the the laundry list for uh, 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 toys that made us. And they talked to, I think, all of them. So, yeah, uh, I know there's a lot of willing folks out there. Hey, we, we'd be more than happy to help help you guys out because I really love the Kong, Godzilla versus Kong line, uh, even though. Yeah. The rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the, the look of the characters on the screen. I still like the look of the toys. Um, Thank you. Even though it's different, you know, it's the new styling that I got to get used to. It's still Mikey. It's still Leo. It's still Donnie. It's still Roth. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, and the, the basic last thing, essence is there, and, and they're, they're so awesome. And the last thing, again, from my standpoint, because I'm going to hit the head, is that... Um, I don't care what version of Turtles it is, again, whether it was, you know, 88 or whether it was uh, Rise of, if you really look closely, none of them are really on model with the show characters. Right. And that's done purposely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, because <laughs> normally they're going scrawnier, less heroic, less muscular, and it's not, I, I understand why they may do it, especially in animation, but in terms of three-dimensional toys, you, you gotta have them—not He-Man, but you gotta beef them up, and they have to look like they can kick ass. And so we always take some liberties in that regard, and that includes the '88 version, and includes the 2012 version, the two most successful versions. That's that's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad you guys did. Boys, yeah. take care. Thank yeah. you for this. A lot of fun. No problem. Thank you guys. Thank yeah, you. Thanks for coming on. And have a good weekend, everybody. And on that note. We're going to see everyone on the flip side. Want to know more? So, um, the bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production. Great things are coming on the Nerd Bliss Podcast. We're changing up our presentation while keeping the candidness that you enjoy. We'll cover all your favorite shows and movies with maybe a few surprises along the way. And you, yes, you, will have opportunities to be on our show on a regular basis. That's right. We've got the Zoom Pro account, and we're going to use it. So be ready. Find us at nerdblisspodcast.com and esonetwork.com and on all the socials at NerdBlissPod. NerdBliss. Listen up. You know how Peter Parker doesn't always know how to tell Mary Jane how he really feels? Or how Tony Stark seems to have everything but not the deep emotional connection his complex soul craves? Well, you don't have to be a superhero or a wealthy industrialist to experience the kind of rich relationships and life we all long for. I'm Mark Wen, and I'm a men's wisdom coach. After people work with me, they have the confidence, emotional intelligence, and communication skills they need to be the heroes of their own story. To find out more, go to markwentcoaching.com, M-A-R-C-W-E-N-D-T, coaching.com.
This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. This has been a Weeby Geeks production.